Welcome to another episode of the Millennial Her Podcast. Today's episode is Adulting Part 4. We are talking Part 2 of our relationship series this season. I mean, last episode we were talking about relationships. We started to digest the weight. And and then we had an amazing guest who weighed in on millennial marriages. And we also have another guest who will give you all the tips on millennial dating and marriage. And we're diving more deeper into celibacy, the weight. And just stay tuned because we got a lot of gems coming for you. But I want to say, guys, please. No, like Ari (laughs) said, it's not please. If you love our content, support our Patreon. Mm-hmm. And we got these amazing shirts on. We got we got cups. <laughs> we got laptop stickers. Support us. Continue to follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to our mailing list so you can know all the details on whatever we decide to drop, whether it's an event, whether it's more episodes, whether it's more content. Yes, um, like Cheryl said, we don't have a black business this week that you are so inclined to seeing. Usually in the middle of our episode, what with the Raven are, background, <laughs> what we are doing today is just marketing our own brand, the Millennial Her uh, shirt, and you can find that at our website, which is www.millennialher.com. So make sure that you support us. But right now, we're going to get into our episode today, which is again, like Cheryl said, talk about celibacy, talking about your husband. The one and diving more into dating. So let's kick off our hot topics. Okay, so we're talking one hot topic today, and that is because that's all we need. We're talking about oh, big O, Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. Oh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I love no, Oprah. we love Oprah, but this is sounding like a hell no nah situation. So Oprah, we know she's been dating Stedman since like... Stone hmm, Age. Yeah, <laughs> just as far as I know, as back as the 90s. And she did an interview with her own uh, magazine at the time where she talked about that if she ever technically married Stedman, that their relationship would have never worked. So she says that there was a moment in 1993 where he actually did proposed to her but she had doubts and she said she realized that that's when she did not want to be married oh my god i know right she (laughs) right like you did not want to be married and then she said she she just wanted to be asked and then she also said that she felt like she wanted to feel like she was worthy of being a missus but didn't want to have to make the sacrifices the the compromises and do the overall day in and out commitment required to make a a marriage work she said her show was her priority and they both knew it and they now have a spiritual that's air quotes a spiritual relationship where um she wanted him to also be able to have an identity outside of just being her man so i ask you though because i mean this sounds like a dinosaur type (laughs) not a dinosaur (laughs) for real it sounds like a dinosaur type of relationship because we see it on social media all the time where there'll be a uh you know people who are unmarried who've been together for a long time and may not have you know gotten married and and one person is just benefiting off the other person yeah or it could just be a situation where it is mutual love but again they just haven't married so 
But it's also like that faux pas. People are like, oh my gosh, everybody's always more focused on babies than it is marriage or whatever it may seem. Uh, so I ask, you know, you, Cheryl's, why is it that it seems like common law spiritual relationships aren't socially acceptable as opposed to binding marriages? I think it's because, like we talked about in our first episodes, millennials, Gen Z is changing the game. Like, the thing about society is that they have a norm of traditional values of, you know, you getting married and that's supposed to be the point of it all. But there's people that do, that do it differently. Okay. I think that literally I said, I said this to you offline, so that's why I'm going to just say it here, that I was like, if... Oprah would have had a baby. Will we still be saying the same tune? Like, oh my God, their love is solid. You know, because again, when that is somebody else, when it was what? From the City Girls to Angela Simmons to whomever, you know, or even these rappers who, you know, Future, who, you know, uh, impregnates women and never marries them kind of thing. It's like, why are those type of relationships acceptable why is Oprah's relationship acceptable over those? Like we're you, judging those as opposed to Oprah's. Do you think it has to deal with the financial status? Like she's Oprah? I do. Yeah. I think that, you know, she's just, I also think it's just, she's achieved so much to the point where it's like, we don't want to ever, we want her to be off limits. We don't want to bring down that black woman. So technically what you're saying is she bought Stedman an Island and she told him, that he should just be satisfied with the island while she do her <laughs> own thing. I mean, he, he sounded like he was pretty open to it. So I guess that's the situation. But also, just to add to that too, just that context, you know, when we're talking about those relationships, we're talking about Yandy, Mendeecees. I don't know if, again, we're avid TV watchers, you know, loving hip hop. They don't have a legal marriage license. Like they did a ceremony. It was a whole thing, you know, in the storyline that mm -hmm. she had, you know, he had child support issues, things like that. So she didn't want her money tapered off. And, but I'm saying like people dragged her and them for not being legally married. But Oprah is like, so I don't even know if, Oprah is being praised. So I don't even know if it's really that financial aspect because Yandy and Mendici have money. They don't have Oprah money, but, they, ha Oprah <laughs> but they have it. So I just want to say, what do you think is the where we're going to lead into relationships in general with this information? I think it depends on the person. If you, you know, embrace traditional values, then that's you. And if not, and if you and your partner is okay with it, then what other people think shouldn't matter. And that's a perfect segue to our next guest. They are going to share with you their ins and outs of a relationship, what it means and what it takes to make it successful. So make sure that you stay tuned. Coming up. So it wouldn't be an adulting part four situation if we wasn't talking about relationships. And we already spoke about relationships in our previous episode, but this is more so about my book that I've been reading that you've read, yep. The Weight, and we wanted to get the real tea from a married couple, successful, social media savvy. So we have- Going viral. <laughs> going viral. Black couples matter. Yep. Um, so we have Kalichi Lifestyle. We have the couple of that, Casey and Sasha. So let's introduce them. Hey, guys. Hey, Casey. Hey, Sasha. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yes, we're so happy to have you. So let's just jump right, right into, into it. it. So how much does your experience growing up with in your um, family relationship and in general dictate who you date? 
That's a great question. Well, my I think my family set the foundation, set the tone for what I should expect in a relationship. My parents have been married for a very long time. So mm -hmm. I think whether I realize it consciously or not, I probably put them as like the gold standard for what marriage should look like. I would say that I kind of went into marriage knowing that my parents' expectations is that the person I married would align with their religious values more than anything else. I come from a multicultural family, so you know, their cultural background didn't make much of a difference. But I know, for example, if I married outside of the Christian faith, that it would have been a little harder for my my parents to accept him. But okay. overall, they just set the tone for what I would expect in a relationship. For sure. Yeah. And, and just even to add on that, you know, me coming from like a single parent, you know, household, okay. you know, I've always seen, you know, with my mother, like, how you should treat a woman. Mm -hmm. um, you know, strong black woman, strong. Exactly. Yeah. And, and what I would envision and, and kind of learn from her experiences, like, you know what, you know, when I, you know, finally get into that stage where I'm married, I want to make sure that I'm hitting these marks. Um, mm. I'm doing certain things. I'm making sure that I respect, you know, the woman that I'm, the lady that I'm with. And mm. just kind of yeah. like using everything and all the experiences from the household to try to you know mold my relationship well, well thank you intuitive black man okay because that's what we that's what we need out here especially with millennial dating i mean we're the millennial podcast so we cater towards the millennial community yeah and from our conversations with our peers our followers we found that millennial dating is trash and i wanted to wow. ask you and, and it's real because of of just our our lifestyle, the way we think, it's completely different from the generations previously before us. So I wanted to know, how can you decipher when you think you will be entertaining another person for the wrong reasons other than to marry? That's a good one. So I think you just know this intuitively, right? Mm. You know if you're really feeling the person, you know what your intentions are. I think it really takes for the individual to be real with themselves, right? Right. So, you know, you have your, you know, your checklist, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> the, the list of things that you want in a partner. And I, I think especially in your late 20s, early 30s, that really becomes more solidified in your mind. It's like a and lock on the door. Knock, knock, knock. You about to get mad. Oh, what's that? Like the, the clock is ticking. But, but I, I can play devil's advocate with that one. Like, oh, we yeah. we like that. We do that. We do that all the time on this podcast. Yeah, it could be a situation where you're like, all right, I know this person is the one, but you know, there's definitely been instances where everybody, you know, you hit every check mark in a box and everything aligns, and then as soon as you get married with that person or you know, get it, you know, get a little bit more serious, you start seeing underlying uh, issues <laughs> like damn i didn't see that like, three years right later. so it, it's it's tough it's tough so i just think like experiences you know kind of help out with that um and really get into focus and learn about your partner um you know rather than just you know going through the motion, motion. and thinking right off the bat like this person is the one i know? feel like he sneak this in like no nah, <laughs> Truth, okay. No, because we're even still learning about each other right now, and it's been what, twelve years, thirteen years. So yeah. it, it's it's tough. It's tough. Black but. love, black love matters. Okay. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Since we're talking, to, you you guys brought up a great point about mm -hmm. experiences, and mm -hmm. 
I wanted to know personally, do you feel that when it comes to experiences, who you've been with previously, body counts, should play a major role in the relationship that you're in? So should we be discussing body counts or does it even matter? Or like, what's the saying? After 25, it doesn't right. matter. You start, it just all you start, goes away. <laughs> it, go, it all goes away and you start brand new. <laughs> Uh, right, the concept of like deleting your whole history, right? Mm-hmm. Drea, right, right, <laughs> like yeah. it got to go. <laughs> How do you feel about that? It's um, like a, it's like a car. What is it? Carmax? What, what's that thing? Carfax. <laughs> yeah, Carfax. Carfax. <laughs> it's like yeah, unwritten. It unwritten for some reason, no. it's unwritten rules that every like millennial know. Mm-hmm. What's the mileage on that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think men have a different viewpoint on that than women right Mm -hmm. so I think a lot of women have been socialized to accept that men could be promiscuous and it's fine uh I think she just made that all matter like are we still over here expecting women to be pure and you know we're supposed to you know wait until that special one arrives or we need to keep it less than five I don't know I think Mm -hmm. you should answer that yeah I, I, I definitely I feel like that helps just just knowing that yeah the body count is low that definitely no. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that, that definitely helps but I think once you get to a certain point you're, you know your your late 20s early 30s mm-hmm. um it doesn't matter as much because your mindset is just like you know what like I'm really into her yeah like I'm not I'm not thinking about the body counts even situations where you know a lot of people that may have like kids before they get into the relationship that starts to matter less um and you're really kind of just zoomed in you're just a little bit more mature so you just zoomed in on you know your partner and you know all the qualifications and, and qualities that she has mm-hmm. um and that kind of changes a lot so I definitely would say the rule is you know the early I mean the, the late 20s and early 30s body count doesn't matter as much for the younger folks I could definitely see how you know you want yeah. <laughs> a very low body count like that matters it matters I see so. Sasha's face. She's like, what? <laughs> what is going on? I understand. Like, you know, I think, again, there's a double standard for men right. and women. I don't think it should matter. Right. Um, I don't think it should either. Yeah. And we've, we've what matters is are you safe? Like, oh. do you have the clap or not? That's what, <laughs> that's what matters. And we've discussed, we've discussed social constructs on, on like, throughout most of, our all, most of our seasons. But would you say, this is a sidebar, but Casey, would you say, based off of what you said, like, okay, maybe earlier in life, that might have mattered. Uh, but later in life, that may not matter as much. Would you say, uh, because I'm listening to the Tony Gaskins of the world, before not we the were Kevin swindled, Samuels. the Derek Jacksons of the world, oh, gosh. the the, the, the Stephons, Kevin Samuels of the, the world. The Speaks of the world. Would you say that's the difference between dealing with a boy and dealing with a man? Yeah, it's definitely a difference <laughs> because I, I feel like the more mature you are and you come to, you know, that realization with yourself, like, all right, this is who I want. I'm focused on this one person. Mm-hmm. I don't care about anything else in the past. But if you still have that boy mentality, like I like to use like a, a future, like I like to use him. It's like he's not married, but you can definitely, you know, you see the yeah. news going around. Yeah. He's like somebody that you can just tell that it's like, you know Toxic. what, I'm in it for the moment. I don't care if I'm 37, right. I'm going to talk to her. 20 kids in, you don't care. Yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely, you know, a difference that boy versus, you know, man mentality on, you know, whether you feel like a body count matters or if that really shapes a relationship. 
Got you. Well, thank you for that. But switching gears a little bit. So it's a matter of submission, okay? Mm. That is That becomes a, a, a very prevalent conversation in couples and marriages, mm. especially where it's who's going to be submissive if you like a submissive type. So what came across months ago, weeks ago, was the thing, uh, uh, it was a submission on IG about Summer Walker. She posted about um, submission. And it's like the spirit of obviously equal union, but how can a woman in this regard, because usually it's like, it's almost like given or a thought that's a given that a woman is naturally submissive or it's already going to be. But how can you teach a man who may not be the alpha? And I learned this later, like an alpha and a beta. If it's a beta male, not an alpha, how can you teach them, you know, to lead? If naturally with the instance that women are natural um, submissive. Yeah, nurturers. How can you teach the beta male to be an alpha male-esque? Great question. Thank you. Yeah, that is a great question. I don't know if I'm really in a position to answer it. I don't even, I don't even really think about men in those like binary categories of like alpha versus beta. Okay. I think that you have men that have strong feelings about certain things and then like they're more laid back in other areas, right? Okay. Um, in terms of like leading a man, I think that it, it all boils down to communication, right? You need to communicate what you want. You need to communicate what your expectations are. And I think that's how in general, where whether it's an alpha male or a beta male, I think that the, that is what you need to do in a relationship for it to be successful. Okay. So, so communication is what you would say to, to teach him like, oh, so what would that look like though? So I would say like, you have to listen, whether he's an alpha, alpha male or a beta male, you need to teach a man or anyone, your partner. I think this can like apply in any relationship, how yes. that person should treat you. Right. Like, whether they have a very dominating personality or a more submissive personality. Okay. So it's all about telling them like, this is what I expect. This is how you should treat me. This is what I like. Take initiative mm-hmm. and okay. then expecting them to follow through. Yeah. And I think that happened early in our relationship too, where, you know, I was, I'm a big texter. So I used to always, like, we text every single day, especially, you know, in the earlier stages. Mm-hmm. But me not really knowing that she she prefers to talk on the phone, yes. and that was mm-hmm. an expectation of hers. Like, it had to take, you know, various conversations for her to, you know, really, you know, teach me, like, listen, like, I'm, texting is cool, but I want to actually be able to talk to you on the phone. And, wow. you know, you know a, a conversation over the phone is completely different via text. Um, and that just goes yeah. to everything, like, you know, good times, bad times, yeah. you know, it might come off the wrong way the way you're trying to communicate it. So I had to learn that. And I think like she really taught me like communication, um, you know, over the phone and in person is, you know, going to be an extremely important part of our relationship. And, yeah. you know, that's something that I carry to today. Wow. You, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yes. And you brought up. Some a- women aren't don't feel as confident to be able to even come to their to partner their, and say that I mm-hmm. prefer this than that. And that just yeah. makes me want to segue into you brought up a great point about communication and society has painted, especially if you follow like all of these um, celebrities who give relationship advice or like just regular podcasts, they always talk about green um, red flags. 
So basically how red flags, you should know your red flags. You should know what you want to do. Run away. Run away. The red like, flags become too much. If it's too much, if you see something, you know, you got to opt out ASAP. But, but we notice on your profile and your page that you should follow Kalichi Lifestyle. Yep. Is that <laughs> is that um you talked about green flags. So we wanted to really go over some of those and or, tell us why it's important to keep a healthy relationship. Or even like the representation of green flags versus yellow flags yeah. versus red flags. And what that might mean. Yeah. Can you guys yeah. uh, elaborate? Yeah, so I'll, I'll start off with one. Of course, you know, one of the main green flags is communication. You know, how are you, uh, you know, communicating with your partner? Are you, you know, leaving them dry? Are you, uh, you know, calling them when when they need you? Are you uh, constantly communicating your feelings? All of that really matters. And, you know, that's one of the main things I would say the green flag of, you know, knowing that person is really into you is that communication aspect. Yeah. And I think another piece of that tied into communication is also reciprocity yes it's important feel like you are you know receiving what you're putting in like if yeah. that person getting you um you know at least 75 percent of the way right mm-hmm. like yep. it doesn't look it doesn't mean that okay i took you on a trip for your birthday so you need to take me on one right, right. it's understanding you know you know me you spend some time getting to know my likes my wants you know, my desires, how are you showcasing your love and appreciation and acknowledging me? How are you helping me feel seen and heard in a relationship? Yes. Um, and so that plays into reciprocity, right? Because if I don't know what you want, right, how can I, you know, make you feel, feel special? special? How can I? And that kind of tailors into love languages as well. Yep. Based off of yeah. what you're saying, yeah, like learning your person's exactly. love and languages, um, and and because it's it's like the meme, right? Where it's like it's not about how you want to love; it's how I shall receive, and it's also exactly. how you interpret how you would want to be received, yeah. right? Exactly. And also, I would say another major green flag is just like respect and consistency. Like you know, Ooh, how many consistency. Times that's important because think about it how many times have you seen in a situation where all right let's just see, say like the guy is pouring money taking a shop and you know getting all these crazy gifts but then he's talking to her you know crazy, crazy. and mm-hmm. just you know consistently you know disrespecting her but she's just like you know but i love him he's taking me shopping it, that respect and consistency is kind of like at the end because it's like does that person really respect you Right. Because they treat you well on a consistent basis. Right. And I think like we should start to look at that as, you know, some of the both green and, and red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to take the good and you want that to consistently happen. And you want that respect factor to consistently happen regardless of what's going on in, in, you know, in a relationship. I see relationships um, in terms of like how you judge the person's character. I think a good timeline is like, after those first three months. Right, that honeymoon uh, phase. Yep. Or yep. that six months. <laughs> it's like a probationary period at a mm-hmm. job. <laughs> right. People usually can't keep up. If it's a facade. Right, if yeah. it's a facade, you can't keep up with it. Yeah. You're going to see the true colors. After, especially past yeah, three exactly. months. And it's usually after the night. It's something about after three months. <laughs> <laughs> they get comfortable. The 
Yeah, they don't have the emotional bandwidth to keep up. Yeah, she said emotional bandwidth. But that's that's big facts. So, but moving forward in that, okay? Because we know y'all in marital bliss. Okay, that's amazing. Okay, but and you soon to be. But let's but take you, a moment. Let's, let's take a moment. Please. Let's take a moment. Cheers, 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 guys. <laughs> you got your drinks. Ah, I feel like I won an Academy Award. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Or thank Oscar you. or something. Thank you. So no. Just want to thank God and, and everyone else. <laughs> thank but, God. Thank but, my mom. But no. You guys know that um, the Millennial Podcast, we're a reading-based podcast, and we're yeah. based on books. And we both, well, um, we both Ari been still, reading their weight. Ari, yeah. So with that, though, comes... A whole bunch of like literature on misconceptions. So we want to get through these things fast. We know that you, you know, have baby Adric out there. Um, he's living well, like in his babydom. So we want to get through all of these gems, okay? So essentially, the misconceptions that single people, for people who are looking for the love that you have and just the that connection, for those who think that it will just happen, like. Mm. Like in marriage, like it, you're just gonna be in sync. You're gonna be what is it? Equally yoked. Equally yoked. Things or like, like that. and you don't have to put in the work. It's just a spark. What? An automatic spark there. What would be those misconceptions? Like, what would be one misconception that you would say is like prevalent? Yeah, I would say the first one is that marriage takes work. Like you just said, I know you guys are in marital bliss. And I'm like <laughs> <Not> every day. <laughs> <laughs> You have to decide to love your partner every day. Mm. It is a decision that you it's make. It is not something that just like magically happens. You have to decide to love them, show up for mm. them, be loyal. You have to decide to, you know, learn as they evolve, learn about like how, because your partner is evolving every single day and especially with new life transitions. So like mm. when you have a baby, for mm, example, yeah. you're going to see a whole new side to mm -hmm. your partner. New challenges are going to come up. So you have to decide, okay, am I going to learn and grow with this person through this new transition? Yeah. So just knowing that it's a decision. That's why they say yeah. like it's a, it's almost like that trial period with two years even after having a child. If you can last two years after having a child, y'all good kind of thing. And even even with no uh, for real, that's the statistic. And no, even that's the, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. I think it's like the first two years you actually have a higher rate of getting divorced, divorced, yeah. breaking or, up, all of this. Yeah, yeah. Or even with unforeseen circumstances, example, the coronavirus pandemic. That is like a huge like switch within a big, yeah, a big shift on whatever you was planning. what you were dealing with previously so yeah. adding that on top of it but talk to us also about tips on keeping the spark mm. let's just get one let's get a tip on keeping the spark in a relationship give us one or in a marriage not just yes. a relationship in a marriage but, but in relationship too because not everybody's married uh, and bro. not everyone is married material <laughs> like, not everybody married, bro. i feel like since we're talking about misconceptions people automatically think of marriage and think of perfection but you gotta have a sustainable relationship before you can get to marriage that's how i feel yeah so what would be one to keep the spark in that damn i, I was gonna say switch it up 
<laughs> but <laughs> it's also it's so hard because switching it up is something that is key and keeping a spark but also doing what works in, in you know in the first place okay. is a cover so it, just quickly i would say it's both of those switch it up depending on you know what's going on in your life and the relationship if it does need that extra spark but also continue to do what was working if someone likes flowers they like flowers yeah. so don't go ahead and, and try to switch it up and thinking you know that's going to make things better they might just want flowers to be a simple person so i would say both of those things is equally important i want to add to that because i also think like having new experiences together, especially one that you both find joy in is yeah. really important. So like we both love to travel and I've found that like travel has been such a great way to like, to bond, yeah. to spice it up. To, to disconnect, yeah. yeah. Yeah, to be excited about like being together, like experiencing the world, having like exciting new adventures. It, it definitely helps. Okay. Okay. So, switching gears. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Justin Leboy, aka Toxic King. <laughs> Who coined him that? Do he's, they? He's no. Everyone coined him respectfully. That. Respectfully. <laughs> so we're gonna play a a clip from his episode with Sweetie. Our engineer is gonna cue it up, and we wanted to know your thoughts on it. On it, Sweetie. Uh, I'm gonna go directly at you. Yes. <laughs> If you're in a relationship and your man's doing everything he's supposed to, mm. he respects you, he loves you, he's doing everything he's supposed to, and he asks for a threesome, and you get to choose anyone in the world uh-huh. to bring home for you <clears throat> and him. Can you play our right. Anyone. Who would it be to give your man and you your dream threesome? Uh, he's Don't doing, lie. He's doing everything right. Everything right. Everything right. Everything right. He's been a perfect gentleman <laughs> for you. Right. Like, for the first time in your life, a nigga's doing everything right, but he just wants one threesome. Who's the dream girl to bring home to him to make all of y'all happy? Okay, so that shopping spree, that's good dick. That's all of that. That's good dick. <laughs> communication. Tongue in your butt. Picking up the phone. <laughs> I don't even hear that. Sucking your toes. Pay on your bills. Oh my oh, God. Oh, wow. Morgan. And you want to make him find it. You put him through hell. So a threesome, right? You put him through hell. A threesome, threesome, right, ladies? Threesome. I normally talk to men who are cultured, who's been around the world, who know a lot of people. Right. Um, it's so, on you, though. You yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I understand that. But because he's doing everything right, I'm going to give him the honor of picking the nigga who we're going to have a threesome with. Oh! 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 Mermaid, you can cut it. <laughs> switched it up on them they thought that she was gonna give a different response <laughs> but i, I we to, really wanted to know go yeah, ahead we Shira. really wanted to know like toxic king said um <laughs> should there be like within marriage should there be a reward a treat like expected when a spouse is doing everything correctly yeah like why not like okay like, line with, like how do you keep it spicy right like who doesn't want to be rewarded because they're doing the right thing i mean that doesn't mean that like like you don't just go ahead and say oh where's my reward right. yeah like, <laughs> you kind of acknowledge that like oh like you know like i might i might spice it up a little here and there like just based off of that like I but think that's i think it's a point though with the playing the devil's advocate too because like for me 
KC, we relate. Like, I grew up in a single-parent household. And for me, though, what? Where I grew up um, in the opposite, we're a religious household. So we we have, like, the best of both, both worlds, worlds comparing to both of you guys. But with that, it's like, for me, my mom never made it seem like... I mean, obviously, there was no consistent man in the household. But it was like, even if there was... He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. So how, why, how should he be treated? You know, that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to provide. He's supposed to take care of you. Why should you need to take care of him? So it's like, how do you teach, you know, how do you get those people with that mindset over to your side where it's like, or over to you and Sasha's side where it's like, that's okay. That's that's actually healthy because mm-hmm. to me it took me therapy mm-hmm. to actually realize like okay you know keep just like it's almost like kinda, it's it's nice to do that it's like or, just or be kinda, nice to do that because it wasn't it wasn't necessary it, it wasn't taught to me that it was necessary or kind of breaking mm-hmm. that that um, narrative of that strong black woman complex too exactly it's like breaking it down like yeah. we're strong where they add into the table so what what how would you bring a partner or you know just someone who wants to get their partner on that side how would you bring them over to that to explore that option that it's okay to 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 really have that kind of reward treat option in your relationship like you deserve yeah, it absolutely that that's really important for you to always acknowledge your partner like being acknowledged in any aspect of your life is important right like it's just like when you're at your job you know, you're doing your job, right? You're getting paid to do your job, but it's nice to get that bonus at the end of the year. Right? <laughs> Big facts. Every, everybody. Cheers. Cheers to, to no, we got to cheers to that. I'm sorry. Yeah. That, was a, that was a gem. You want to feel seen, you want to be acknowledged. And I think to your point, that's a part of a healthy relationship. You yeah. guys are pouring into each other and building each other up. Yeah. So, and, and that could oh, come organically as well. It's, it's gonna come organically. Like you're mm-hmm. gonna you're gonna wanna do that special, special thing or that bonus. It's just gonna happen. So I feel like it's it's hard to kind of just say, all right, like I did this. Like what you what are you gonna do for me? Exactly. I think that that's more of an issue than just letting it be organic and saying, all right, like you're just thinking of something. If I'm out, if I'm shopping, it's like, you know what? Like Let me get good. this. Yeah. <laughs> so I hear you. I think that, that makes a difference. Yeah, okay. it's funny because I even think like for birthdays, we're always trying to like <laughs> over top each other. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, it's like we're almost like competing, like oh, I that's my birthday. <laughs> but, uh, that's birthday. But, like, how can I top last year? Like, this is what I did. Yeah. Like, let me. It's like when you're when when the person makes you happy, truly makes you happy. I think you're always trying to find ways to like bring that same happiness mm. to them. Yeah, I think that's really key. And switching gears to our final points before we have to let our huh, black love couple go is that um, is, 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 is for those that it may not be a happily ever after for, you know, and we were researching, we looked at your channel. And you guys were very transparent on your relationship and that, you know, there were ups and downs, you know. And so we want to know from you if there is a breakup, a temporary separation, uh, et cetera, how does one determine whether it's worth a redo or retry or should you let it go for good? Mm. That's such a good question. (laughs) I can just think back to when we had 
you know, a temporary break in our relationship. And for me, I think what signaled to me that there was something more there was the fact that like, I still wanted to communicate with him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I still felt like- Couldn't let that old thing go. <laughs> yeah, every day still texting me. Oh my God, like, I helped you. <laughs> and you also have to like do an assessment because sometimes you break up with that person, but because they there's that level of familiarity, you, mm. you want to stay connected with them, right? Right. So don't always confuse the fact that there's, because you feel connected, Connected, that you should stay connected you really have to do an assessment like you know create that pros and cons list find out is are we still aligned and I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing also growth too so you you know you go back it's just like all right like depending on the breakup if it was like long distance if it was just like a relationship problem and you have to you know now assess once you move on to the future and you kind of connect with that person again, like, did that person really grow? Are we still having the same conversations? Mm-hmm. Are the same, you know, things happening? Or do you genuinely see that growth, you know, aspect within a relationship? And I think that can kind of help, like, all right, like, I really think, like, this person is the one. Like, she's just, you know, we both got matured with, you know, mm-hmm. certain things. The issues that we had before, I can see the transformation right. of us, you know, fixing and working on those issues. And I think that really helps to determine, you know, where this person is. is yeah, that part, especially like gotcha. the person has to be willing to do the work. work. It's exactly. hard to get in a relationship, expect to do more work to rebuild a relationship that has been strained as yeah. well. Right. And so also speaking of work though, it's still to me what it seems is that, and this is going to be our final question to work, it means that there is still even work to do at the end and conclusion of a relationship. Okay. Now, we want to ask you, as a happily married couple, though, do you think every relationship needs closure? And if not, if so, like, really explain what what would be needed closure or what wouldn't. Ooh. Great question. That's a great question. I think it depends on the individual, right? And I think closure looks differently for everyone else, right? So for some people, they need to have a conversation where they tell the person, hey, this is how this relationship impacted me. I think that's always healthy to leave everything off on a good note um, because you don't want to be like carrying those feelings of resentment or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, right? That strain the relationship. So I think it's good to have maybe like a final conversation, but I think you need to know your limits. Can you see the person in person and really decide like, all right, we're going to cut ties or you think you're going to fall back into that pattern mm-hmm. of, you know, rekindling the relationship when you know, it's just like not working. That right. so you also need to know your personal boundaries. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, and you discussed prior about comfortability. So I think that was like a great, um, way to, you know, segue to that. Well, yeah. we thank you so much for dropping those gems. We appreciate you guys so much. First, yes. Thank you. So thank please, you please, uh, this is your time. Shout out what you would like for our, like our listeners to sh- support you and follow you. So please, Kalichi, do it. <laughs> yeah, man. Kalichi Lifestyle on Instagram. 
Um, we definitely can't wait uh, for this passport tatted um, <laughs> spring summer line to, to release. Yes. I think you guys will be very excited what we're cooking up behind the scenes. So just stay tuned for that. Um, and yeah, just you know, follow us. We try to inspire you know the the, the black community, um, okay. whether it's with traveling, relationship tips, um, and this overall you know lifestyle. Uh, can you also talk about weigh in real quick about your viral post that went super viral? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, was, oh my god, that one time in Bali. Yeah, I did not know what that it's location so was. That's the craziest part. Yeah, it, okay, it was amazing. Like you would never yeah, know. I just knew it was like grapes. Yep, involved. Yeah, that was all. That was on our honeymoon, so it was funny. Like that specific villa, we actually had like private chefs and and ah. you know just like a private area. So we were just like y'all setting a bar out day. here. Y'all so setting a like, bar. Oh, let's take a picture. Let's take a picture of you guys. So we just took the picture and put it up and been trending know, ever since. Trending ever since. I see it on all, all social media platforms. No, for real. If you type Facebook, in the right hashtag, Twitter, we're going to find you. Instagram. All <laughs> well, thank yeah. you so much. Um, we wish you many, many more years and lifetime of blessings. Um, uh, congratulations again on New Parenthood with yeah. baby Adric. And we thank definitely, you. you will always be supporters and friends and family of the Millennium Hair Podcast. So. And any way that we can support you guys, any way that we can support you guys, you let us know. And any way that we can, we're like, we like to call ourselves the plug, Loki. <laughs> um, so if we can connect you with another resource, just please let us know. Yes. I love Aww, it. I love thank it. Thank you. So you. Much, no guys. problem. Well, have a care. great Sunday. Congratulations again on your engagement. Congratulations. Yay! I'm catching a flower at the event. You know, I'm throwing it out. I'll <laughs> be right there. Bye, like, guys. Bye. This season on the Millennial Hair Podcast, we're talking all things I Got Five on it, the marijuana business and how it's been booming. We're also going to teach you how to build multiple streams of income and have loads and loads of guests. So make sure that you stay tuned. Cheers. So we've been talking all things The Weight with Devon Franklin and Megan Good, and I thought this was the perfect opportunity to invite my brother and my future sister-in-law, Amber, here. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for joining us. If you want to tell our audience a little bit about yourselves. Yeah, of course. Well, we're uh, newly engaged. We got engaged December 2020, um, and we are practicing the weight. Um, That's something that's been central to our relationship and yeah, we're excited to to chat with you guys about what you know our experiences has been and our opinion on it. That uh, yeah, we're just happy that you guys had us on. Um, you know, like she said, we ended off 2020 on a good note after a crazy year uh, with an engagement. We started off 2021 on a good note, and here we are. And you know, we're here to you know let everybody know who we are, and you know, and just to. Get ready for whatever you guys have to ask us. <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. So we about to get right into it. Yeah. So we've been, well, I've been reading the I way. Read it <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah, I read it like, like when it first dropped. Why, did, first why are we just now talking about this? I feel like I, 
it's been out for a couple years now. I know I'm late, but I didn't know Cheryl's had read it already. (laughs) But okay, so I've been reading The Weight. Obviously, it's hell-bent on uh, abstinence, celibacy, but obviously it's really more intricate than that. But for what it is, there was a discussion about the difference between abstinence and celibacy, um, and just the definition in the book uh, was that abstinence was simply refraining from sex, absence of something with no greater meaning, and celibacy was refraining from sex because because of a vow or faith. It's abstinence with a purpose. Celibacy is not involuntary. It's a deliberate choice. And then also, just with that, painting that picture before we get to the question, Steve Harvey had once said, because I also, well, I didn't read his book, but I was definitely looking at the cliff notes of it. And it was saying, when a man is interested in dating you, his two main priorities are to sleep with you. So, you know, it's going to be about how much effort he puts into it to achieve the goal and, um, you know, let him know the price so that he won't waste any time if it's something with that. So I ask you, how soon in courtship should you announce that you're abstaining from sex for a period of time? And also, are you allowed to feel offended at the response? Um, Well, um, I think that you should um, definitely, that's something that you should bring up from the very beginning. Uh, It's, you know, it's something that we talked about in the beginning. I think, like, you know, it's better to just get everything out on the table. Um, You know, you don't want to waste any time. You don't want to waste each other's time. Like, we're all grown, you know. And um, as far as uh, the person might get offended or not. I think that how can someone be offended if you're keeping it real, you know? So it's like, you know, I think that you would be more offended if someone wasn't keeping it real with you. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's what I think about it. Yeah. I think just to add on to that, if it's important to you, bring it up right away. Um, For us personally, it was probably maybe like the third question we asked each other just because it's, it's not something that's common, right? Everybody's not doing it. So it's important to me. It's important to him. So we asked it right away. So just so you can weed people out. So were you practicing celibacy before meeting each other or was it a step you took once you got together? Yeah. So we both individually have made that decision to be celibate before we met each other. Um, Me probably in uh, 2015, actually. And for you. Me, um... It was before that. It was probably before that, but um, yeah, but it's definitely one of the reasons why we're able to kick it off right away because, you know, it's something that, you know, we both decided on our own before we met each other, which made things a lot easier rather than, you know, meeting each other and then deciding, okay, well, I'll do it for you. I'll do it for you. Yeah. You know, it's bigger than that. So it makes a huge difference if you're already doing it on your own and it's a personal decision rather than like, oh, I'm going to be celibate for you. Got you. So with that, should you have to disclose a specific period of time from abstaining from sex? And how, if so, or if not even, how long would you say is too long? Well, I think if you're someone who's just abstaining from sex for a period of time, maybe you just got out of a terrible relationship, you want to have some time to yourself to, you know, refresh, restart, whatever it is, you should definitely say what the time frame is. But just for us personally, we are waiting until marriage. So I think we were both very clear in saying that, you know, we're being celibate until marriage, however long that but takes. You're saying that you think that it should definitely be disclosed as opposed yes. to just saying what I'm hearing. Like I watch Married at First Sight, et cetera. Yes. You know, there's always one that has not 
there's always one that is not, you know, participating in that sexual act. So, but they sometimes don't disclose how long that they plan away. It's just more so like when I fall in love, but how long could that be? So you're saying definitely that it should or or you agree with the latter? Um, yeah, I think you should be upfront from the beginning, you know, how long you plan on doing it, whether it is until marriage, whether it is until you fall in love, whatever that criteria is for you, the other person has a right to know. I don't think it should be something that you should wait until the right time so, to so- disclose, which is you should give the person a chance to make that decision. Right. I agree with that, too. So since Ari just brought up Married at First Sight, <laughs> I know my brother is, he's the one that put me on the show, but um, we're yeah, talking. Yeah. <laughs> she put me on the show. <laughs> okay. So we're talking specifically about Iris. She was a 27-year-old virgin who was saving herself for marriage, but still seemed like a lost individual. She was emotionally immature. So I want to ask, in dating, has the view and the importance of virginity dwindled over time? Do you believe it's still a value asset or a golden egg in relationships? I think it depends on who you ask, right? I think for Iris specifically, and I can just speak on what we saw from her on the show, is that being a virgin was part of her identity. And I think that gets dangerous when you put like a lot of your worth and who you are into, you know, being a virgin. And for her, just what I saw, it seemed that it was from a religious standpoint. Mm -hmm. And there's a a huge difference between doing it for religious reasons and doing it for um, your relationship with God. So having, you know, religion versus relationship is totally different. So I do think that, you know, the importance of it has dwindled over time for a lot of people. A lot of people don't really value celibacy or being a virgin, that kind of thing. But in some circles, you know, being a virgin, it does make some people feel like they are better than other people who are having sex. Um, I think it all depends. But I think, like you said, she did kind of seem lost in a lot of ways because a lot of her self-worth seemed to be tied up in her identity as a virgin, which is dangerous. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why she kept bringing it up Mm -hmm. over and over and over. And to me, that that could get annoying. Like, okay, we get it. You know, so it's like... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, she had her a good man. I'm just saying. Keith was amazing. He's a good dude. He was a really good dude. I don't know. We not going. We not. We could talk about that off, off, off. Yeah, we could. We could. But um, perfect. But yeah, I know. Yeah. You, I know you guys are soon to be married, and um, mm-hmm. I wanted to know: Do you think those who do obtain an, until marriage have a better chance at lasting compared to those who had sex and then got married? Well, I think that um, definitely, like when you take like if you're taking like sex out of the way in the relationship. Or if you just meet, um, I feel like it gives you, it takes the blinders off, you know, so you could really actually get to know the person, you know, what you're getting yourself into when you um, entering a relationship. Like, because a lot of times, um, you know, when sex is involved, sometimes you, you get blinded, you can get caught up in that, in that feeling that you're not really getting to know who the person is. Um, I feel like, you know, I'm not saying that everybody that abstains from sex will last long, you know, but I feel like it's a high percentage. There's a high chance that, you know, you will be able to last long because you'll know what you're getting yourself into. You'll actually know who the person is and you won't be blinded by, you know, those feelings that you get from sex, the infatuation of it. So since we're talking about celibacy and abstaining, I wanted to know, are all sexual acts off limits when it comes to practicing the weight? 
or is it just yeah, a specific? They area? are. They are. So not every sexual act is necessarily a sin, right? So break but those down. I don't. I don't think it, that there's an exact way to break it down. I think. A lot for a lot of people, it's like, can I do everything but actually intercourse? And really, it's not about that. I think if you're okay. thinking about it from that mindset, that speaks to immaturity because okay. it shouldn't be about like trying to push the envelope. How much can we do without actually not having sex? If you're doing it for your relationship with God and you're putting God first and you're saying, I'm honoring God with my body, it's not about trying to see how much you can get away with. So if there's anything that you're doing that's making you want to have sex or like you're almost about to have sex, that's kind of where you need to talk about boundaries, um, which is really important. I think they talk about that in the way, you know, for some people, they can't even kiss. Some people don't even kiss before they get married. And that's like a personal thing or a personal conviction that you have. And for others, it may be that, oh, you know, we don't spend the night. We don't Mm -hmm. see each other past 12 o'clock. Right. We don't. Or we always hang out with other people. Uh, So I think that's where boundaries really comes into play. Just deciding what works for you um, as a couple and what's going to make you feel more tempted and what's going to be okay. I think that was a a test question because definitely in the book, it said uh, that it was a gray area. So I wanted to know if yours was more on the absolute side or if it was more so individualized. So yeah, Yeah. for sure. I think once you get into like, okay, this is okay, but that's not okay. This is okay. Sometimes it just gets like, yeah. too much and we're always we're always having to talk about boundaries especially like as you're together for a longer period of time mm-hmm. you get more comfortable obviously you know yeah. like the feelings grow we always have to like reassess yeah or like okay that was too much this is too hot you know like we yeah. need to like pull it back in so i put them boundaries in place. Yeah. yeah so it's always a conversation so switching gears to another book that I've, I've also read. I don't know. Sure, I read it too. Oh, okay. you, know, you know I'm a reader. I'm I didn't a, know you read I'm this book. book. <laughs> okay, so we're going to need more wine with uh, Gabrielle, Gabrielle Union. Union. And so mm-hmm. she talks about specifically marriage contracts. Now, again, since you are about to take that step into matrimony, I ask, you know, do you believe that having a marriage contract diminishes mutual love and respect in a relationship? Are you guys even deciding on if you may or may not have a contract in your union? Those things come up and we have spoken about that. And um, I mean, us personally, we decided that we are not taking that route. Like we don't need any contract, but you know, we're not knocking down anybody that does that does that do decide to do that. You know, that, you know, everybody's different. Um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with having a contract, you know, you know, between two people, um, you know, that's what they decide. And yeah, add on. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And do but you- us personally, we just, you know, you know, we, we decide not to do that. And are prenups or even postups, do you think that they are just for the wealthy or you believe that they are very well still applicable to everyday uh, working class people? Yeah, I think they're definitely applicable to working class people. I think if you're someone, you have a lot of goals for yourself, you have a business like you ladies, it's definitely something to consider. I don't think you should just say, because I'm not wealthy right now, that means I shouldn't have a prenup. So I definitely think it's something to consider no matter what your you know, what your income is like. And okay, so now we're talking about, I know you said you opted out of, you know, getting this agreement or this type of contract, but would you say that a refusal of getting an agreement is worthy of being a deal breaker in relationships if one, you know, wanted one really bad, I guess, you know, was very passionate and the other one's 
you know, was really like, it's not about that. It's about love. I, I would say it's a deal breaker because that already shows that you're not on the same page. And I feel like when two people are getting to know each other, they should be on the same page. They should talk about these things. So if someone was just to come out and say, well, I don't want to do this. And the other person wants to do this. I think that that could be damaging already to the relationship. And it shows that they probably haven't gotten to know each other as much as they should have. So I feel like that is definitely like a deal breaker. Okay. I think that's very fair. And now, as far as deal breakers go, we have one final question for you. I know y'all not thinking about this because y'all are in love. Black love matters. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you do. Love, black love. But like you said, you have those conversations. So we're talking, we have a question about divorce. Now, we know that it's public knowledge. They, you know, that it's 50 out of 100, 50% uh, marriages uh, end in divorce. Um, I wish it wasn't that, you know, that that uh number but it is so with that when it comes to the dissolution of a marriage should there be stricter guidelines before granting a petition um because i say that because currently new jersey doesn't have a minimum waiting period in place um but they do uh require a mediation session but it doesn't specify like how many how long if there really needs to be a you know common ground at the end of it so with that in thought and you know you in in love and wanting to promote that would you say that there should be some stricter rules for that i think so but i think it also starts with premarital counseling um a lot of people get married just based on love and love is great but it's not enough <laughs> to sustain a marriage right mm-hmm. so i think there should definitely be premarital counseling for everyone that's first off okay because marriage is marriage is serious like it's hard like it's more than just living with somebody right right but then also i think unless this is excluding cases of abuse right if something if someone is right. you know threatening your life of course you know get out right away but I think, yeah, there probably should be maybe a set number of sessions. It should just be one mediation session. Um, I think a lot of people definitely do give up too easily on marriage. And maybe a lot of people just don't understand exactly what they're getting into. So I think premarital counseling would probably help a lot with that. Just kind of really understanding what you're getting into. It's not just about like, oh, we love each other. We want to be together forever. It's a lot more than that. Well, we appreciate you guys so much. You guys have been long supporters of the podcast, not just because y'all related to me, but <laughs> y'all, actually, y'all actually enjoy the podcast. I want at this time, I want you guys to shout out your um, plugs. I know you guys just created uh, Instagram, Ray, Ray of Rejoice. Ray of Rejoice. Yeah. yeah. Y'all can follow us on our uh, joint Instagram page. At Ray of Rage, we, you know, what I mean, if y'all want to follow the journey, see, you know, all the prep before the big day, yeah. you know, trying on wedding dresses yeah. and just like the journey to getting uh, married because it is exciting. Just a little, uh, you know, sneak peek at our personal life, you know, out, us out, and, you know. The first date, know, the first I love you, and dates, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> all the flicks, you know, we like flicking it up. So, yeah, so, yeah, go, go out and support. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, And we will continue to be supporters of your union. Congratulations. Oh, we appreciate it. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. 
We thank our guests for joining us for our final series in our relationship series. We just wanted to, you know, give our millennials something to look forward to in 2021 because 2020 was trash, I'm hearing, um, for the, you know, single folks out there. Mm -hmm. And I definitely wanted to just give, you know, we wanted to give those gems that, you know, black love still exists and um, what it means to have a healthy relationship and transparency so as you you know dive into dating world or just basic level friendship be intentional um and also stay true to yourself i think that's been theme of all of our guests who have joined us speaking to testament to their relationships so just make sure that you know um just know that you are whole and your individual person comes first and then you can find love after it happens so have faith to piggyback off of what you said, I appreciate the guests for weighing in on this topic of relationships because this is a never-ending topic that I feel like would, like throughout our podcast, we will forever talk about relationships because yes. there's so many different avenues. And um, I appreciate my brother and my sister-in-law for joining us and weighing in on the weight because that's something that's not really seen in the millennial dating realm. Yeah, people are not waiting to do the People weight. aren't waiting to do it. But I mean to the people that are I condemn yeah. I, I, I really appreciate Con you. Yeah. And just continue to keep up with us. Make sure you join our um follow us on Instagram. Continue with subscribe to us with our website and you know stay tuned to the next episode because you don't know what we got coming. But it's coming. See you next time. Cheers. Cheers. See, now it's the opposite. Her, <laughs> her cup is like barely full. <laughs>